This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're getting another episode with the St. Vincent Sports Performance Team. This is episode 218, and I'm talking with Anna Turner. Anna Turner is a sports dietitian. She helps everyday athletes meet their nutrition goals. She's a new mom, she's a passionate cyclist, and Anna also works with a variety of teams and clients, including Butler men's and women's basketball, the Indiana Fever, and she helps out with the Indianapolis Colts. Anna's goal is that every athlete has the basics of sports nutrition available to them in order to leverage their athletic ability. I love Anna's take on nutrition. Anna actually works alongside Lindsay Langford, who is also a sports dietitian with St. Vincent Sports Performance. And this is a topic I've wanted to dive into a little bit more on the podcast for some time now. And I just feel so fortunate to have Anna and Lindsay and all the great people at St. Vincent right here in Indianapolis where I can go to for this information and also get this information out to everybody listening. So I think we're going to be doing some follow-up series with Anna with some more specific questions as this covers a little bit of a more broad range of nutrition topics for runners. So I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation with Anna. Fun fact, our youngest go to daycare together. So twice a week, Sandy gets to hang out with her son and that's really fun. Anna also will be coming to the training program a couple times this season as we train for the 500 Festival Mini Marathon. She's going to be coming out and doing some nutrition talks with everybody who is signed up for the training program at Athletic Annex. So just one more way St. Vincent is weaving themselves into the local running community here. But if you are not local, once again, this podcast is still for you because we cover nutrition for the everyday runner. All right. One thing I do want to mention, you all should go follow Anna on Instagram because she posts all kinds of really great nutrition information over there. And her Instagram handle is Anna Turner underscore sports nutrition. You can also find St. Vincent sports performance on Instagram. They are defining sports over there. Anna is super active on Instagram and she will make herself available to you. If you have any kind of questions about online consults or anything like that, you don't have to live in Indianapolis to get a consult from her. So, um, we talk about that in this episode as well. If you're loving the podcast, please consider leaving a rating interview over on iTunes or wherever you listen, because that's one of the best ways potential new listeners can find the show. All right. Tomorrow, you will get to hear from Dr. Joel Carey, who is a sports physician. And then on Friday, we will have a regular episode like usual. We actually have an epi- I actually have an episode coming out with someone who just qualified for Boston for the first time after having that as a goal for 20 years. Really excited for that episode. All right, friends. Enjoy my conversation with Anna Turner. All right. So... Today on the podcast, we are continuing our series with St. Vincent Sports Performance. We had Daryl Barnes on the show. He's an athletic trainer here. And today we're talking with Anna Turner. She's a sports dietitian. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Super excited to be here. 
Um, let's just get started. Can you tell us a little bit about your career and what you do day to day at St. Vincent? Mm -hmm. So being a sports dietitian um, is really, really fun. We work with um, athletes that are high school athletes, college athletes, professional athletes, um, your everyday runners, triathletes, um, anyone who considers themselves someone that wants to get fit and be active. Um, If they have nutrition questions, which let's be honest, we all do because we do not learn enough about nutrition growing up. So I think sometimes people don't even realize the questions that they have until they meet a dietitian. Um, So we get to answer those questions and help them formulate the best plan to um, race as fast as they can or just to get really healthy. So I don't know if you know this about me, Anna, but I went to college to be a dietitian. Did you know that? I did because my husband follows your podcast. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't get into an internship. And so for a really long time, like years of in my 20s, like that was a huge, a huge thing for me. Like I wanted to be a dietitian so badly. And at that time in my life, it was like the thought of going back to school and trying to repeat mm-hmm. classes to do it just wasn't ever going to happen. So um, I think, you know, if 10 years we were doing, I go, we were doing this interview, I would have been like so jealous and like, just like, oh, I wish I could do her job. And it's just kind of you figure out, oh, maybe that's not what I was meant to do. Absolutely. You know, like this is what I was meant to do. (laughs) Absolutely. I think it's the coolest job. Uh, uh, Thank you. Um, And what's funny is I didn't, I knew I wanted to become a sports dietitian, but I didn't know how to become a sports dietitian Mm. back then um, because the sports dietitians weren't, um, it wasn't a popular career. And most of your professors told you that there were no jobs in it which is not the case these days. Um, so I actually worked for a food company for a couple years out of college in sales, selling products that back then were a hard sell, but now they'd be super easy. What were they? Because it's like chickpea flour. Oh. <laughs> so I was a sales manager in the Edible Bean Group. Super cool title. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we would go to companies like Kraft or Snyder's um, Lance and pitch to them using chickpea flour as a gluten-free alternative um, or just a healthy addition because it can add protein and fiber. Um, So anyway, I realized that that wasn't the life I wanted to live forever um, and found my way to the sports side of nutrition. But were you a dietitian when you were doing that? I was. Oh. Yeah. See, when I think about it, because now that I do the podcast and I'm, you know, pitching sponsors a lot, like I kind of get this like high off of sales. And so I'm like, oh man, that sounds like a perfect <laughs> blend. Like you get to do your nutrition stuff and get that like sales high mm-hmm. when you get someone to jump on. I think now, again, I think I was there, at, I was there in the beginning yeah. um, when people were still a little afraid of the Mm-hmm. foo-foo ingredients, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, so they're far more popular now and I think they'd be an easier sell now. But it just frustrated me when companies would take the, and use the chickpea flour but put it as like the last ingredient yeah. and then put it all over the label to really market it. But it wasn't adding any nutritional value. So that was just really frustrating. Because it was like lower on the list. Like mm-hmm. they would use all kinds of other flour and just like kind of throw mm-hmm. that really in. throw it in as like, um, a flavor agent or just something to visually see like black bean 
um, would be one that they would use for visual. So it looks like it has like lots of seeds and beans in it when it's really like the last on the ingredient list. That's like the scariest thing. You don't actually know. And and I know that I know the rule, like the ingredient list, list the first ingredients, mm-hmm. the, you know, that's how they do exactly. it. That's the highest amount. But I still feel a little bit lost when I read ingredient lists. Like mm-hmm. how much of this am I really getting? Even though I can read a label. Sure. It's sure. just hard to. No, I, and like doing grocery store tours is one of my favorite things because I had that job. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's really fun. My husband might get frustrated because the, going to the grocery store <laughs> takes a really long time. Going to the grocery store <laughs> with a dietitian. <laughs> okay. So specifically at St. Vincent, you work with athletes all over mm-hmm. the spectrum as far as every day to elite, all the sports. Yes. Okay. Yep. Any, anyone that considers himself an athlete um, or just wants to get fit, we work with the whole spectrum and not even just the state of Indiana um, or, you know, Indi- Indianapolis. Um, we pull athletes from Illinois, um, Kentucky. We have telehealth services now. So that's nice. We can reach more athletes. Um, growing, Having grown up in a small town, had I known that I Where could work. From? Sullivan, Illinois. Okay. So it's, yeah, a tiny town south of Champaign-Urbana. Okay, okay. Um, so I would have been all over this if I would have known about this yeah. growing up. I know. I feel so fortunate that St. Vincent is literally in my back door. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like such a state-of-the-art facility with the best staff. And I'm like, they're like my neighbors. Um, okay, so let's start off with a basic... Uh, evaluation like so, we'll just use me as an example mama four a year postpartum want to train to run a fast marathon um what are the things that you want to look at when I come in your door mm-hmm. to say let's evaluate what you're doing now to see what we can do better to get you healthy or and faster sure so that is a definitely um will it happens in the first appointment is really a full nutrition assessment. So um, when when seeing Lindsay um, or myself or our fellow Tiffany, um, generally it's a two appointment process. And the first one is all about getting to know you because we really have to go through all the layers to really build a good program. So, um, so obviously figuring out, you know, what is your goal? Why are you here? What do you want to learn? Um, and then what does normal nutrition look like for you right now? So we would likely go through a 24 hour recall. So walk me through what you ate yesterday, um, or a food log. We would want to know other factors such as any medical history, um, any diagnoses that you have, family history, um, race history, what, you know, what have you achieved in the past? Um, and how did you achieve it? any body composition information, um, food allergies. It's, it's like 45 minutes of asking questions, um, to help build the, the picture of where you currently are. And then within that first session, we usually set a couple really simple goals. So for example, I had an athlete yesterday and it was really obvious that he needed to work on hydration. So, you know, to me, that's, super simple and it it doesn't sound um, groundbreaking, but it was very obvious that, you know, he's only drinking a bottle of water a day. Um, and even including his workouts, he's not consuming liquids during that time either pre or post. So that was definitely one of the first, 
easy things that we need to tackle together. Um, and then, you know, from there deciding, um, really what, what are his goals? Does he really need to work on his nutrition such as, um, how many times he's eating per day, how he's building his meals and plates, like the structure of those meals. Um, those are two, I would say those are the core, how, what your meal timing is and what's the structure of your plates. And then from there, we can start to build out what your meal plan looks like. Um, but again, it could be as simple as we need to start with hydration and maybe we start with adding breakfast and then let's go back in two weeks and, and reassess how you're doing. Can you give us your thoughts on this intermittent fasting craze? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> because when you said adding in breakfast, I'm I'm one that does not <laughs> skip breakfast ever. And mm-hmm. for years we've been told like breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Um, I've recently been moving away from eating eggs because they're just grossing me out. <laughs> um, and that was like my protein source in the morning forever. I would have like a piece of, I buy that Dave's organic mm-hmm. bread. It's my favorite bread, but it's a million dollars a loaf. I know <laughs> I need to go to Costco. Everybody, I, I know it's, you can get two loaves for $6 at Costco, but if you just go to Kroger and you're lazy like me, it's like five ninety nine <laughs> for a loaf. I of just bought bread. it yesterday at Fresh Market. Yes. Oh, it's probably even more at Fresh Market. <laughs> Uh, but it's my favorite bread. Um, so I would oftentimes have that and egg. And then I use vegan mayonnaise, which is so funny because I'm <laughs> eating you're an using egg. egg. And then avocado. And so, but lately I've been grossed out by eggs. So I've been eating just like avocado on it. And I know I'm not getting my protein. Mm-hmm. So um, can we start there? How would you add protein in that to that? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> to my avocado toast for breakfast. Um, to your avocado toast. Um, I mean, I might do a side of Greek yogurt and blueberries. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or do, um, an easy smoothie that adds in some, yeah. some protein as well to have a drink with some extra color there. Yeah. Um, so, so that's a really great example of how do you build the plate and what are you looking for? So that's almost like a quiz question that I give to my athletes when they quiz me and say, how would I add something or, or, or is this a good meal? That's often the question we get is, did I do a good job? And I don't want to be the dietitian that just says, yes, like I want you to know how to do a good job. Um, so that would be where I pull out a plate and show them the different components and say, okay, fill in your carbohydrate section, fill in your protein section, fill in your color section, which is what we call fruits or vegetables. Okay. Um, and then you know that you have completed your plate. And those plates change based on where you're at in your season. So that's something to, you know, to learn. Are you on the um, easy athlete plate, which for, um, which would be known maybe as like your off season plate? Are you on the moderate athlete plate or are you on the hard athlete plate, which would be like race day, high mileage training, um, appropriate for that during those times. So walking the athlete through that, um, nutrient distribution and how it aligns with your training is really important and then empowering them to make the decisions um, to be able to fill in their plate I think is really really important and super fun yeah I you know what I struggle with I think in marathon running is when you go on that taper Mm -hmm. and you decrease your mile like I usually decrease mileage generally like 20 percent 20 percent race Mm mm-hmm 
I still want to eat the same amount of food. I'm still like, my body is still like craving marathon mm-hmm. training. And then post marathon for like at least a week after, I'm still like, sure. I was, you know, after the New York City marathon, I was eating fettuccine for breakfast. Like, I was like, give me all the carbs, <laughs> all the food. So, um, how do we, how do we manage that? Sure. I think that could be two things. So there's another tool that I use called the hunger fullness scale. So this helps separate your emotional hunger versus your physical hunger. Mm, Okay. So I think sometimes when you've done something like training for a marathon, that's such a long time to be very focused and very good that I think sometimes we need that emotional release at the end of the marathon right that's where I see like your fettuccine crave (laughs) crave coming in Um, as far as tapering that's where I would have the athlete really dial into their hunger fullness (coughs) excuse me Um, their hunger fullness scale and really be able to assess like is this something that I'm just used to eating at this time because Mm -hmm. I've been training at this mileage for so long that this is my four o'clock snack before my five o'clock run or am I actually hungry for this? And then we would also adjust the athlete plates as they taper down um, over those two weeks um, and then adjust the athlete plate again going into race week. Okay. So so let's cover some just basic nutrition questions surrounding training for endurance events like a half marathon, like a full marathon. Um I think one of the biggest questions I've gotten as I've coached runners over the years is like, what do I eat the night before? What do I eat race morning of? Um, And then how do I fuel during? And I generally tell people for the fuel during, like you need to take in nutrition every 45 minutes, give or take, Mm -hmm. you know, depending on how long you're out there. Um, So let's start with, Night before mm-hmm. a big, big event. So night before a big event. Um, so we're talking like the dinner before the big event. So a couple things to keep in mind. Um, quiz question for my athletes that after I worked with them, it would be, you know, what are you eating the night before? And they would say, I'm going to use the hard athlete plate because I know I need half of my plate carbohydrates. Um, so that would be their focus. And most of the time you're likely going to be at a restaurant because you're traveling for this marathon. So when at a restaurant, they know they're looking for mostly carbs, a good portion of protein, and a present color, fruit or vegetable. Um, The second thing to keep in mind is really making sure that it is low in fat. So fat slows digestion, um, and it can slow it greatly. Okay. Um, So if you can think of a time where you went to a restaurant and you consumed a high-fat meal, such as fettuccine or <laughs> sorry. that's not what I eat before the marathon just exactly. so everybody knows well, that's that's a good point <laughs> I do know a really fast marathoner though my friend Lauren who does eat that before a marathon really? she's like a 244 marathoner too so everyone's different <laughs> <laughs> um which is why individualized nutrition is so important totally um but generally people um have a a high fat meal really slows digestion. Mm -hmm. And so some symptoms that you could experience after a high fat meal would be um, like acid reflux, Mm. an upset stomach, feeling like too full going to bed that night. It's the worst. Um, Could have some GI distress the morning of. So all the things that we don't want to happen on the night before or race morning. So my tips would definitely be utilizing your hard athlete plate, 
um, being mindful of a high fat or low fat meal and even, you know, asking the waiter to leave off the butter on the broccoli or, you know, little things like that um, to make sure that you're getting in an easy to digest meal the night before, easy on your stomach um, is huge. And then again, really tuning into your hunger fullness and making sure that you're fueling to the appropriate amount um, and then even listening to your stomach later in the evening. If your stomach's growling before you go to bed, um, you probably need a night snack. Yeah. And then that brings me into race morning. So race morning. Um, a lot and wait, of, what would you suggest for the snack? Sure. For the night snack, I would go with um, some slow digesting protein. Okay. So like a Greek yogurt. What about like cashews? Is that Or that's fatty though. So... People often think of nuts and seeds uh-huh. as a protein source, oh, and I think um, I think that is I think why they think that is because it's advertised like peanut butter for protein, uh-huh. and that's because protein's sexy, right? Yeah. Um, so there is more healthy fat in nuts and seeds than protein. Okay. So as far as like building out your plate, I would put the nuts and seeds kind of in the healthy fat category. Okay. For a vegetarian, that would be different. Okay. So we could use it um, as a protein for a vegetarian, but you're but you're saying a uh, high protein snack would be more like a Greek yogurt or mm-hmm. yep a Greek yogurt. Um, a lot of times we'll talk like smoothies using like Fairlife milk okay. um, or a higher protein milk. So we're saying slow digesting protein at night so that it's with you throughout the night. Okay, um, and that's what dairy is known for. Okay, is that casing protein? So what if you don't eat dairy? What's the substitute? If you don't eat dairy, um, you could go with nuts and seeds and maybe do like an oatmeal. Okay. So where I was going was a protein and a carb. Okay. So a slow digesting protein if available um, and then pair that with a good sustainable carb. Okay. Like some oats um, and that would be an easy travel snack. Okay. Um, to get you some good energy to refuel those muscles overnight. Um and again, something that you know works well for your stomach for the next morning. Okay. A lot of athletes have stomach problems the next morning. Yeah, just you're nervous and you're exactly. going to have diarrhea regardless. That's exactly <laughs> right. So that's a really good reason to work with Dr. Carr yeah. <laughs> at St. Vincent's. Yeah, he's a, he's a mental health. Mm-hmm. He's okay. a sports psychologist. Okay. So yeah, he helps, um, helps you work through that so that the anxiety isn't ha- having that happen. Yes. That's, um, that is tough. Mm-hmm. I don't know a marathoner, maybe my husband, other than him, I don't know many marathoners who don't get anxious mm-hmm. bathrooms the morning of a race. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. I he, had that. My for husband every claims triathlon. he doesn't, but I don't, I don't yeah. know if I believe him, but he, uh-huh. you know, he, he says he doesn't. <laughs> that's, that's really good. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> it does. Okay, so so now we're at we've had our our low fat meal with the proteins and the mm-hmm. carb, um, and then we have our snack. <coughs> now we're at race morning. So race morning, if you know you're the person that is going to have an anxious stomach and have a hard time getting down a breakfast or even a light snack that morning, I would recommend doing a bigger um, night snack the night before. Okay, so that's always step one because that's like we are your body still be like using that it's still there okay Mm, it's already in your muscles it's ready to go it's through your gi system so hopefully that's cleared um so that can be 
kind of um, like your pat on the back, like it's going to be okay. You fueled <laughs> last night. Okay. <laughs> so for the people who have really struggle in the mornings, um, if you have a solid stomach and and you're good, then, you know, going ideally it's three to four hours for a pregame meal or so pre-run hard. meal, right? If it's like but, a 7 a.m. marathon. Right. Nobody's eating at 3 a.m. No. So that's where utilizing intuitive eating and the hunger fullness scale can really help you dial in the appropriate amount for two to three hours before. Okay. So, so that's where I work with a lot of intuitive eating. Okay. Um, because everyone's different. So, um, based on, you know, your body size, um, would obviously determine the amount that you can consume and get digested within two to three hours before hitting the start line. So that's what we're looking for is to allow your stomach enough time to digest the food so that when you hit the start line, um, it's not sitting there, mm-hmm. right? Because if it's sitting there, it's going to sit there the rest of the marathon or you're likely going to get sick. Or you have to go to the porta potty. Exactly. See, I, I like that you bring that up too because I think that a lot of people want a blanket answer. Mm-hmm. What do I eat the night before? What do I eat morning of? And it's just like, man, everybody's different. Everybody has different dietary needs Mm -hmm. like I'm a vegetarian but if you're a meat eater like your process is going to be different and so I know that the individualized piece is so important Um, and I think people kind of want a quick fix Mm -hmm. like I just want to know now and I just want to move on but like there is work that goes into knowing yes what um yes so this is it, it is on topic, but slightly off. Okay, sure. But it made me Go think of it. this quote that I have seen and I repost, I posted it on Instagram last year. Um, and it says, diets are like relationships. If you need to cheat to make it work, prospects are lousy for in the long term. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of makes me think of that with just the quick answer, yeah. right? It's like relationships. Like you don't just meet someone and instantly like you're I don't know. Maybe you do. <laughs> maybe you knew yet your husband was the one. No, I definitely did but not. A lot of times it's some work yeah. and getting to know someone and really learning all those layers. Um, you might so, think, you know, right away, sure. but those layers are going to come out later. <laughs> exactly. And that's, a, that's basically what I'm saying is you can use that first quick answer, that blanket statement for everyone, but your layers, mm-hmm. your anxiety, your nutrition practices, your nutrient needs are going to come out later and you're going to realize that that quick fix didn't work. Yeah. Um, Anna has referred to these athlete plates quite a few times, like the small, mm-hmm. uh, the easy plate, Moderate plate and hard plate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to link to her Instagram. I'll actually post it in the comments on this um, Facebook Live. And we'll put it in the link to the show notes because mm-hmm. you have some really good examples of the athlete plates mm-hmm. on your Instagram. Absolutely. Yep. And they are the U.S. Olympic Committee athlete plates. Okay. Um, so that's also a resource if anyone wants okay. to jump on that website. And you're Anna, what is it? Anna Turner underscore sports nutrition. Okay. So we'll link to that. And then um, I'm also going to throw up, I'm going to ask you for some images and I'll throw up some on my um, Instagram stories as well. Sure. Um, okay. A topic I want to get into that we were talking about a little bit before we started recording is um, just, you know, the viral video that came out with Mary Kane and... I think it's really important that this is coming to the forefront and we're talking about this topic. And um, basically, for those listening who maybe 
I don't know how you haven't heard about it if you haven't, <laughs> because I had people who know nothing about running texting mm-hmm. me this article. Um, Lindsay Krauss uh, did a really great op-ed in, with the New York Times on Mary Kane. Anyway, um, she's sharing her story about basically some really poor coaching practices regarding talking to her about her body and weight loss and how she should be losing weight while training at this really high level at a time in her life when her body is probably was probably changing. And Mm -hmm. um, there's just so much mental damage that is done on a young woman when this is not done the right way. Mm -hmm. So I would just love to hear your take as a female, Mm -hmm. as a sports dietitian, how should we be talking to these young women who are going through these changes and competing at a really high level? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I'm so proud of her and so happy that she did that. Um, I DM'd her that day saying, oh, thank good. you from all sports dietitians everywhere. Yeah. Um, because it is really important to get that story out. Um, so working with a sports dietitian is obviously step one. And educating young female athletes about their body and learning, you know, what it, what are the indicators of underfueling and where how does your body grow and adapt and and how do you grow as an athlete? I think is really important. And it's also, you know, it, it is a female issue, um but also I think of I grew up in cycling and triathlons. Okay. So, and cycling, any body weight athlete has it, that's always on their mind. Yeah. Right? So, professional cyclists that are men or runners. Um, I don't think it's necessarily just a female thing. I think that it escalates and it's prevalent, but I think there are many wrestlers and and male runners um, that struggle with that as well. And the issue is not having appropriate education um, and support. So I think that's something to just be aware of as an athlete that there are sports dietitians out there and we want to help and are ready to help, but you have to know about our resource. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that could have been you or I when we were young. Yeah. If we were um, under the direction of a coach that maybe had really good intentions, but just didn't know any better him or herself because they didn't know a lot about nutrition, but they heard from some pro runner that this is what you do to be successful. So that's how those stories kind of trickle down, right? It's this was successful for this person. So we're going to try and implement that into our program. Um, And I think most coaches have a really, they, they want their athletes to do well. So I just don't think that they understand the, they don't understand the medical side of it and what, and the emotional side and what they're doing to both of those. Yeah. Because what I think of when I hear these things are, um, anything that is said by a coach or someone that you have the utmost respect for is is potential to really damage a your self esteem, but also um, your worth and your value, like based on what you look like. And and I and I'm not just talking about Alberto Salazar. I'm talking about anybody who's mm-hmm. talked to a young person who is going through like big changes. Like you know, she's mm-hmm. in college. Or I guess mm. it was post-college. She, I th- think it was she college. went straight to pro. And then, okay. So she was in college. But you're mm-hmm. just in this like huge transition period mm-hmm. in your life. So how I guess then, how do we make sure these coaches mm-hmm. are armed with the resources? Like there is no coach at any level 
that is should be coaching runners that isn't referring people to a dietitian when anything comes up because you're a running coach that does not mean you have mm-hmm. the um expertise to you know exactly i think it's getting better um so Lindsay and I both belong to the CPSDA, which is the Collegiate and Professional Sports Dietitians Association. And she's talking about Lindsay Langford, the other sports dietitian, not me. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So if you were to ask, you know, 10 years ago how easy it is for a coach or an athlete to work with a sports dietitian, um, there weren't that many. There were only a few across the country, um, none of which were working with collegiate programs, um, you know, a couple, and, and then now in the last 10 years, most collegiate programs um, of the Division One, like Indiana, Purdue, Notre Dame, have sports dietitians. So that is step number one, like getting those programs to have a sports dietitian, someone to support that athlete, protect that athlete, and be there to educate that athlete about what they're going through. And also to educate the coaches. Yeah. Um, I think that's huge. Huge. So, so that's definitely step one. Um, but it's, it's getting that same resource out to all coaches, right? So if you are a high school coach in Indiana and you need a resource, look to St. Vincent's to, you know, have Lindsay or I come out and give your athletes a talk, um, utilize our online source, online resources, such as our online program, like reach out and find out, um, how can you educate your athletes? Yeah, I think that's, that's huge. Um, can you talk about what you as a dietitian would do? I'm sure you've been in this exact scenario, but when, if you were working with, um, a younger athlete or it could be an, an athlete, you know, in their thirties or forties, whatever, um, who is clearly like too focused on their weight mm-hmm. and maybe could be in a not great place. Mm-hmm. And how do you redirect that to performance over, obsession over how I look and how I how much I weigh yeah so I think helping them identify just that like what is your goal through this is your goal performance or is your goal to fit into a certain pair of jeans or or whatever that may be Um, and if they indicate like no my goal is performance I promise like okay well your nutrition assessment isn't showing me that Mm. right? Your body weight is too low, which then alters your lab values. You're iron deficient now. Um, you, um, you have maybe lost your menstrual cycle. You're not building bone. You're likely going to get a stress fracture. So sometimes that hard conversation of here's the facts, you tell me it's for performance, but you are at the tip of the bell curve right now and you're getting ready to fall off the mountain. Mm. Um, so, you can listen um, and see the signs of what's happening and we can start to go back the other way. Or unfortunately, you know, I'll see you once you fall off the mountain and you have a stress fracture. Yeah. And then we can just work back from there. Yeah. Sometimes it takes that, unfortunately. Um, But I think stories like this, stories like Mary Kane, she's the one that I'm going to bring up every single time I have that athlete that's on the tip of the mountain and they're not, they're not trusting what I'm saying. Um, and they're not trusting the science um, and what their body's telling them. I'm going to bring up that story and say, see, you do break down. Like yeah. your body can only go so far. Um, so if we don't listen to the science, then it's a matter of time. Yeah. And you mentioned the bell curve. So I would love to 
dive into that specifically. Um, I remember, you know, even in middle school and high school when you had the fastest runner on the team and then they go through puberty mm-hmm. and they start their period or whatever. Because a lot of times when you're super athletic, maybe I'm saying that in a not politically correct way, but um, a lot of times you end up getting your period later. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, so and then you kind of slow down a little bit for a while. Mm-hmm. So that's something about like, yeah, going through that. Sure. So um, for parents listening, like that's something to be aware of as well is the age at which you get your menstrual cycle. Yeah. So if your athlete, um, female athlete has not received her gift (laughs) by the age of 15 or 16. Yeah. It's time to head to um, the sports doctor to get a physical done um, and work with a sports dietitian because by that time we are considered late. Um, and that can occur because of underfueling and overtraining. So it is common, um, but I think a lot of times what happens is parents are like, well, I was late, so she's late, yeah. it's fine. And it may be fine, it may be genetics, um, but it may also just be that she's a growing high school athlete and has outrageously high nutrient needs um, and is just not quite meeting them. Yeah. So that would be something to be aware of. Um, and then from there, just educating the athlete about that transition um, and helping them understand their menstrual cycle. Um, There's an app that's called the Fitter Woman. um, And the USA women's soccer team wrote about it um, and used it a lot this summer. Um, And it helps you really understand your menstrual cycle and how that affects your training load and your recovery. So I think empowering them to learn about Mm -hmm. the science of their body and how they can achieve that science and not feel like it's weighing them down or it's like the end of the world. I'm never going to race well again because I got my menstrual cycle mm. and because I'm going through the change. Um, I think being able to learn about it and empower the, empower women to to succeed through it um, will help everyone. Yeah. <laughs> It'll make my job a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. And, and what about women who are well beyond that stage of life and they're just, you know, you see a lot of women our age who are like, oh, I want to break three hours in the marathon. Oh, I want to qualify for the trial. So suddenly they're running 90, 100 mile weeks and Mm -hmm. they've lost a ton of weight just because they're running so many miles Mm -hmm. Um, and they lose their period. And like, how do you coach someone through that? Because that's just not a normal thing mm-hmm. to happen. So I think the most important thing is to be aware and to be logging your menstrual cycles along with your training log and your nutrition log. Um, so training, nutrition, sleep, menstrual cycles for the female athlete, like that is, those are the things that we need to log to really understand how are they um, correlated together? How are we adjusting them together? So as we're adjusting our training, our nutrition adjust, adjusts. Um, if it doesn't, our menstrual cycle may drop off. Um, As we adjust our training, our sleep adjusts. You know, hopefully we add more sleep, more recovery. Um, So I think think being aware of those types of things, um, all of the performance um, attributes that you need to look at um, will really help women understand that. What is hard is when you receive positive feedback from losing weight, right? You lose weight, you race faster. Okay, well, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Let's do that again. Mm-hmm. Lose a little bit more weight, race a little bit faster. 
So again, that goes back to the bell curve. Mm -hmm. At some point, you're going to hit the top of that mountain and and you're likely going to drop off. So it's it's educating yourself and being aware of the signs. Yeah. So did you lose your menstrual cycle? Um, are you feeling some pain in your shin and getting shin splints again and you didn't have those six months ago? Um, are you having a nagging injury that just won't go away? Um, are you exhausted? Um, the, being aware of signs and how your recovery maybe is changing can help you figure out where's the top of that mountain. Um, and then obviously getting yourself assessed by a sports med physician and a sports dietitian, we can help you understand where is the top of that mountain, Yeah. right? Where, where is, where can your body composition go? Where can your overall weight go? Um, and not be detrimental to your health or future races. Yeah. So you may succeed in your race right now, but the marathon that you're trying to peak at six months from now, you know, you may be sidelined for. You know, and I think the weight thing is such a sen- sensitive topic. And it to me, it's n- I, I don't really weigh myself. I maybe do like, I don't know, once a month, I might just be like, oh, I wonder how much I weigh. You know, and I feel pretty comfortable and confident. Like I know when I'm eating well mm-hmm. and also indulging when I want to indulge. I know that like running 35, 40 miles a week for me, like feels pretty good to my body. It doesn't tire me out too much, but it's enough that I feel like I'm really getting a healthy amount of exercise. Um, and that's just me personally. Um, but there are people who come into a sport because they want to be healthier and because they want to lose some weight. And that's okay. Absolutely. You know, and I think that we're scared to talk about that sometimes because weight is such a scary thing to talk about. But I mean, the fact of the matter is that people in America, a lot of people are overweight and losing weight Mm -hmm. can be helpful. Absolutely. So how do we approach that discussion with someone who comes in and we don't need to talk numbers, but like okay, maybe they need to lose like 25 pounds. Doesn't matter how much they weigh, mm-hmm. but just that would probably be like a healthy amount to weigh, so, to lose. So how do you talk to someone in a way that is healthy for you and them so sure. that they're not like obsessing over weight, they're obsessing sure. over being healthy? Sure. I think it's setting goals that aren't weight focused. Yeah. So setting like process goals. So good hydration, good sleep, journaling emotions. Um, I would say that being a dietitian, you're affecting someone's nutrition, but that's, there are other ways in which you um, are affecting that, such as their emotional state, right? Journaling your emotions that may be causing you to binge at night, causing weight gain. Um, you know, being able to identify things like that and help this person um, holistically mm-hmm. um, feel more in control of what it is they're trying to achieve, um, I think is really important. Um, and I think that alone, I think once they start some of those process goals, they realize that they're going to be successful and it kind of takes the anxiety and worry out because they they have the the anxiety lifted right they yeah. <coughs> they're not as worried anymore because they feel in control they've they've reduced the amount of binges they feel more in control of 
the decisions they're making to put food on their plate. Um, they know how to do that. They understand intuitive eating. Um, yeah, I think, I think any way in which someone can be healthier is important, but I think we would do ourselves a disservice if we didn't address um, the emotional state yeah. and everything else that affects your nutrition. Yeah. It is, I, I, I really appreciate the, the holistic approach, that model. And that's one of the things I love about St. Vincent is there's someone in every area that you can talk to here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's, so I have been at St. Vincent's now for almost four years and I came from the University of Notre Dame. Um, and that's what I loved about working there was that we had all of the components, right? The sports med physician, the athletic trainer, the sports psychologist, everybody to be on the same page with the athlete. Mm -hmm. So we were just learning about every layer of the athlete. Um, and that like being the small town kid that didn't have access to any of this stuff. Yeah. That's what's so cool about St. Vincent's is that what high end universities or professional teams have for their athletes, we have here. Um, and the high school runner gets to use them or the local person wanting to run their best 5k. Like that's, it's so cool to have those resources um, and to learn about yourself, I think. Yeah. And I, and I do think when you bring up the high school athlete or someone that's, that's going maybe to run in college or professionally or whatever, regardless of what it is, like arming that child at a younger age to know what they, you know, what they need to know to be healthy holistically mm -hmm. in their mind and their body and to focus on what's important. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just never too early to kind of start that conversation. Mm -hmm. Gosh, it's like one of the hardest things as a parent is like figuring out how to talk to my kids about that kind of stuff. I mean, absolutely. I, I you have a son too, mm -hmm. um, and I often say I don't know how differently I would approach it if I had girls, but I already at my kids are my oldest is only seven. I already try to talk to them about food. Like this is fuel for your body. Mm -hmm. Like it's great to eat it because it tastes good, but like we are eating this because it's fueling us to run around and play and, you know, do all these mm -hmm. things. Absolutely. Um, and having children and being a dietitian, um, and working in sports, I've recently started listening to, um, an audio book called the system. Okay. Um, and it's just all about college athletics okay. um, and the NCAA um, and just issues that have, you know, been a problem over the years, specifically with college football. Um, but anyway, where I'm going with that is it makes me want to be extremely involved um, mm. in my young future young athletes life um, and just knowing the conversations with the coaches and and how that how my son is going to be put through training. And I'm just. I'm I'm happy that I have this knowledge so I'll yeah. know what's going on um, and just be aware of the messages that he's receiving and and the goals that he's going to have um, and be able to help him achieve that. Um, so I say that because I think sometimes parents may feel that they've done their children a disservice and they're maybe afraid to bring them to the sports dietitian because um, they may feel self-conscious that they're not providing the healthiest meals or sure. or they themselves don't eat super healthy. That is not the point of coming to see the sports dietitian. We are there to help with 
at the most basic level, general nutrition advice um, and education. So none of us learn enough in school, um, K through 12, about nutrition. Um, so I think it's always a good idea to see the dietitian um, and to learn about nutrition and learn about it together like as the whole family. That's really cool. And I, I will be the first to admit I'm not embarrassed to tell Anna that sometimes I take my kids to McDonald's. <laughs> that is okay. It's yeah. a, they have to have a happy meal. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, yeah, I think that, that that shame too though, people might be scared. Like, mm. oh, I don't want to tell you what oh I my, feed my family. It's so you know? bad being a dietitian at yeah. parties. And especially oh, it's probably really annoying. <laughs> holiday parties. Like people think being a psychologist is bad, but no, being a dietitian, I think <laughs> like is I'm way... not judging what you're eating. Mm-hmm. Just eat your, the food on your exactly. plate. Exactly. Oh or, my gosh. Or people are judging me. Yeah. Oh, sure. Like I want the cookie. Stop looking. Let me eat the cookie. <laughs> Well, we have so many other things we could discuss in this podcast. Um, And Anna and I were actually just talking about perhaps doing a nutrition series where we can really dial it down and do specific topics rather than this kind of broad um, conversation. So um, if we do that, we'll we'll pull Mm -hmm. for some questions. Did you have anything else? Oh, we got to do in a podcast. What is that? The end of the podcast questions. I forgot about this. But do you have anything else before? Um, The only thing I was going to say is we are launching a meal plan system in January. So that's something to be aware of. Um, It's a really, really cool system that allows the dietitian to personalize your meal needs, such as your um, calorie needs based on your training. If you have um, specific needs, such as um, you are, you know, celiac disease or type one diabetic, um, Anything like that, we can vegan. Cus- vegan. We can customize it for. Um, <clears throat> so I think that's. I'm, Lindsay and I are really, really excited about that. Um, so is this your app? It is not our okay. app. The app is called Eat Love. Okay. And the app is awesome because the athlete can also personalize it. So meal plans are great because they help you plan. Obviously, yes. Every Sunday, I'm mm-hmm. like. Glenn, can we please plan for the week? And we never do. And just like last night, I opened my fridge. We have so many groceries right now. It's like a dream come true when your fridge is like full still. Right. Um, and I just stared at no I plan like, on what to do with them. <laughs> Make me a grilled cheese. Exactly. So there are meal plan systems out there, such as Blue Apron or sure. Freshly. And they're very successful. And I tried out a couple of them while on my maternity leave. And what I liked about them was having a plan. Yeah, it's just all there for you. I loved it being delivered to my house. Yep. I loved having a plan. I loved pulling out the instructions and actually learning a little bit about cooking. And then you can remember if you if you're smart, you write Save that them. recipe down exactly, and you put it into your catalog. Exactly. So, what we are launching is like that. All the good components of that, but it's personalized to your nutrition needs. That's so, so cool. That was the one thing I didn't like about those is that you couldn't you know you couldn't personalize it. Um, for larger portions during marathon running yeah. and less portions during the off season. So the app that we have, we dial it into your specific needs. Um, you can swap meals out, which is super cool because if I've aligned you for, e- or, you know, signed you up for eating oatmeal on Monday morning and you're like, no, eh. I don't think so. Um, you can swap it out yourself. So I love that because that puts you in control. Yeah. And when you're in control, 
you can't blame it on anybody. Yeah. You know, you can't be like, well, Anna told me to eat oatmeal today and I'm not feeling that. And you don't feel like it doesn't feel like a diet because it just feels like. What do you want? Yeah. What do you want? But let's be conscious about this and make sure that we're putting right foods in our bodies. Exactly. So I love that feature. And then again, it links to Instacart or Amazon Fresh. That's awesome. So you can get it delivered. And then you've got the recipe to work from. It shows you the portions, so you can build out your whole family. So Glenn could have the appropriate portion for himself. You have your appropriate portion and your kiddos as well. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. If you what, can't tell, is it like what's the monthly cost, and or is it through you guys? So that's what Lindsay and I are still working on. Yeah. It is through St. Vincent Sports okay. Performance. Okay. So reach out to um, us on our website, Defining Sports Perform. Well, that's our Instagram. Defining Sports Performance on our Instagram um, or myself, Anna Turner underscore Sports Nutrition. Okay. If you want to learn more, um, Lindsay and I are formulating those packages and okay. we should have that out by next week. And I'll have uh, inf- I'll have information on that as well. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Really exciting. That's awesome. Sounds like a dream come true. Uh, let's do into the podcast wrap. What's one thing professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done? Um, professionally or personally? Um, honestly, when I think of my professional goals, like my professional goals is to reach more people, yeah. reach more athletes, um, reach more parents, more coaches. And that happens through online, right? That yeah. happens through Instagram. That happens through podcasts. That happens through our telehealth services that we have. Mm-hmm. So if you're an athlete in Illinois, Kentucky, California, wherever you may be, you can still work with us. Yeah. Um, so keep that in mind. And that's, that is the part of St. Vincent Sports Performance that I want to explode is to get us to more people and more athletes. Yeah, because I feel kind of like, like we're a hidden secret. <laughs> right. And like, I just feel so lucky that I just have you guys here. Mm-hmm. But that's so cool that you can reach people that aren't physically here. Absolutely. Um, if you could have coffee, cocktail, or tea with someone fun, motivating, or inspiring, who would it be? So I had to call my husband on this one. <laughs> I, I phoned a friend for that one. And he reminded me that I have a really deep love for Taylor Swift. Oh, I'm into and her. I just, she, you know, if I think of the person that helped me through a lot of long runs and hard days, she would be the one. Yeah. So I, yeah, it's definitely Taylor Swift. That woman is a genius. It's it's one of those things where it's like, man, her voice just, it's not incredible. Like mm-hmm. it's good mm-hmm. and she's perfected it and she does everything she can. But right. she, she's, it's not Adele. It's not Adele. Right. But like but she what? kills, mm-hmm. like she just knows what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And and she's grown up through the limelight, yes. which is really interesting. And her voice has changed too. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, just for someone who has this talent, like if you just look at solely on her voice, she's not Adele, mm-hmm. just like Whitney Houston or someone right, like that, right. Christina Aguilera. But man, she has just like, mm-hmm. she's the total package. Artist of the decade. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, truly. I love her. What is the best, most recent book you've read? I'm skipping a couple so we can. I no, can that's okay. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> for anyone that knows me, there I, I don't really open actual books, but I love audio books because okay. I can, sure. as a mom, get actually a run in uh-huh. and listen to something. So like I said recently, I've been listening to The System. Um, okay. I, I'm someone who likes real life things. Yeah. So I often don't get sucked into fiction. Um, it has to be real life. So I'm listening to the system right now and, and learning good. about the 
NCAA and college sports and yeah, and just about and about sports and and nutrition and all of it's in there. So it's it's been a good one. That sounds like something a lot of the listeners would be interested mm-hmm. in, honestly, just based on our demographic here. Um, okay, and then what is your one message to send to the world? Well, I repeated, I said it earlier, but I'm going to say it again sure. because my one message to send to the world um, is definitely just that quote. Right, you need to learn about nutrition. So the quote of diets. Um, are like relationships. If you need to cheat to make it work, prospects are lousy for the long term, right? We have to start with education and a long-term solution. And just so many times, nutrition is just the quick fix. Mm. Um, so I, I just really want to empower people to make a dedication to learning um, and not just a quick fix. Yes. Let's educate ourselves. We will do that because we will have a continued series with Anna Turner. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank Thank you, you. Anna. Absolutely. Thanks. All right. Thanks so much everybody for tuning in. Thanks Anna for sharing your knowledge and making yourself available to share this information with the listeners. I can't wait to do some follow-ups with you with some specific questions regarding nutrition. And yeah, I'm just really excited for everything you are doing with the St. Vincent sports performance team. Again, you guys can follow Anna over on Instagram. She's Anna Turner underscore sports nutrition. You can find St. Vincent on Instagram. They are defining sports and you can definitely find me on Instagram too. I'm Lindsay Hines 626. I can connect with you on Twitter as well at Lindsay Hine and we have a Facebook page. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. Check out the show notes of this episode. They will be in the link in my profile on Instagram, but also if you go to lindsayhine.com and click on the podcast tab and go to this episode, you can find links to everything we talked about, as well as the link to sign up for the 500 Festival Mini Marathon training program that I'm doing with Athletic Annex and Michelob Ultra. So really excited about everything going on here. And yeah, we'll see you tomorrow with a conversation with Dr. Joel Carey. Thanks for being here, everybody.